0: we can't resolve difference. And the fact of the matter is that we are here on this earth to resolve difference. Connection is made through resolution of difference. Connection is made through finding common ground and celebrating difference. Intimacy ceases to exist in the absence of empathy, trust, and caring communication. Welcome to another episode of Rich in Relationship, and we're continuing our series on Wrath and Ruin, Old Testament Tactics for Marital Meltdown. Why? Because these are classic paths for marital destruction that have been going on for hundreds if not thousands of years, and today we're going to cover banishment and exile, the consequence of emotional withdrawal. And what exactly is emotional withdrawal and when does does it happen? Well, in order to help you understand that, we're going to continue with the ongoing story of Jack and Emily, a fine couple who bear no resemblance to anyone in reality. And if they do, it's strictly accidental. And the names have been changed to protect the innocent. And here we go. In a picturesque town known for its vibrant colors and friendly people, Jack and Emily had built a life together facing various challenges and learning valuable lessons about love and partnership. However, their love was soon to be tested once again, this time by the impact of emotional withdrawal. Emily had always been a very emotional person, but Jack was often preoccupied with work and had little time for emotional connection. In his mind, He was doing everything he could to provide for his family. Emily would bring this up with him, Jack, when are you going to spend some time? How about date night? And Jack would say, babe, I got to pay the bills. Over time, Emily began to feel increasingly isolated and alone as Jack's focus on work left little room for intimacy or emotional support. They were living out in the burbs and they didn't know their neighbors and their neighbors were not always close. Emily didn't know who to reach out to. She began to shut down emotionally, feeling neglected and unimportant to her partner, and I dare say to herself. She had never dreamt that a partnership would feel like being isolated and alone. As Emily withdrew emotionally, Jack began to notice the distance between them growing. He tried to reach out and connect with her, but his efforts were met with silence and a sense of disconnection.
1: Eventually, Jack
0: realized the damage that was being done to their relationship and implored Emily to seek help. Reluctantly, Emily agreed and the couple began attending therapy sessions to address the issue of emotional withdrawal. However, the process was not easy. They spent thousands on therapy and made compromises they found difficult to keep. And folks, the fact of the matter is couples counseling and therapy has a 46 percent success rate and very often, there is what is known as recidivism post-therapy slash counseling, which means, or once out from under the eye of the therapist or the counselor, the couple tends to backslide. And even 14% of those who are successful often become worse than when they first went in. Emily struggled with feelings of disillusionment and began texting with Tom at work, seeking the emotional connection she craved.
1: When Jack found out about the
0: text, he was devastated, but instead of giving up, he turned to the Unbreakable Husband program to get help. Through this program, Jack learned that emotional connection is a two-way street, and he needed to prioritize his relationship with Emily above all else. First, he worked at taking his feelings of frustration and anger and expressing them somewhere else, like to his posse in the program. Second, he learned that when he had missteps, to clean them up immediately and make up for them, because... Every misstep required at least five positives to balance it out. And third, he learned to stop even appearing controlling. That meant that if there was a behavior that appeared controlling to Emily, even if he didn't think it was, he would talk it through with her and change it. He did this through learning to practice mirroring as a listening technique. He would acknowledge Emily as he practiced mirroring, and he would build empathy bridges with her. He worked on being more present and attentive, showing Emily that she was a priority in his life by using these techniques. Meanwhile, Emily began to realize the value of Jack's efforts, that he really was trying, that even though he was at work, when he was at home, he was really home. And he proved to her that he still loved her that he loved her in a way more deeply and more intensely than when they had first fallen in love. With time and patience, they were able to repair their connection and create a stronger, more resilient love that could weather any storm. Their journey taught them that emotional withdrawal and neglect can have dire consequences for a relationship, leaving both partners feeling isolated and alone. Yeah, that's right. Jack felt isolated and alone as well. And when couples therapy didn't work, that had some broad implications for him. Jack and Emily were able to mend their relationship and create a love that was unbreakable. Yeah, Jack went from being an unbreakable husband to having an unbreakable marriage because unbreakable husbands lead unbreakable marriages. All right, so let's talk about Jack and Emily. You know, I have a true confession here. I always want to call them Jack and Diane after there's a song about Jack and Diane from the 70s. But we're going to spare you that song. This is Jack and Emily. (laughs) Jack and Emily experienced with emotional withdrawal. Who withdrew from who first? The fact of the matter is that Jack withdrew from Emily first. Even though she actively started to shut down emotionally, it's because he was not paying attention. He was so focused on his individual development that he forgot to nurture the relationship. And Emily, in response, whose natural instinct is to foster a relationship, then withdrew from the relationship. And she did it as a coping mechanism, or a response to what was going on. He may never have known that focusing on the relationship was important until he came to the Unbreakable Husbands program. Men are wired to be goal-oriented. Once they have their eyes on a goal, they will start to not see anything that has no relevance to that specific goal. So Jack became super focused on providing and improving in work and growing at work and lost sight of his marriage. Women are wired, hardwired, their brains are hardwired to be ecologically aware, to be aware of the impact in a, of choices on everything around them. And so for her, that's why for her withdrawing was more of a conscious choice because she's hardwired to attend to everything. And, in fact, typically when a woman chooses to withdraw emotionally, it's A, for their own defense, and B, it's a means of communicating to their husband that something's wrong. It's a poke. And Jack didn't notice the poke at first. No, he did after a while. Let's give him credit. He did notice after a while. Inevitably, what happens here is there's a communication breakdown. Emotional withdrawal will always contribute to a breakdown of communication. Because when we're not present emotionally, what are we gonna talk about? Jack would come home from work and talk about work. Emily, on the other hand, didn't have much to share with him, right? She's withdrawing emotionally. She's like, that's nice, dear, that's good, that's good. She became unresponsive and distant because she's no longer invested. And when we have that kind of dynamic going on, we can't resolve difference. And the fact of the matter is, that we are here on this earth to resolve difference. As unpleasant as difference may seem to some of us, the reality is that the juiciest, most creative things on the planet have come out of difference. I mean, what are we most inspired by? People who have overcome difference. People like Gandhi, people like Kennedy, people like, who else, Malcolm X. Well, Malcolm X, uh, different kind of story. Let's go to Martin Luther King Jr. because he's got broader appeal. One day we'll talk about Malcolm X. We may do an episode about that. So what happens when one person withdraws and when there's no longer, when people are afraid to bring differences forth because there's no way to resolve them, is there's feelings of isolation. You don't talk about the differences, the problems, or the challenges, depending on what words you want to frame these things with, because you do don't have a means for communication. And when we don't bring out these differences, we start to feel isolated and alone. Connection is made through resolution of difference. Connection is made through finding common ground and celebrating difference. And when we feel isolated and alone, we'll struggle to maintain closeness. intimacy ceases to exist in the absence of empathy, trust, and caring communication. There's no room for intimacy. And Jack and Emily certainly experienced that. Now, to Jack's credit, he noticed what was going on. He said, babe, you seem so depressed. We gotta do something about this. Let's go get counseling, right? He's a guy. He doesn't realize that he has responsibility for it. He's gonna take her to therapy to try and fix her. Part of the reason why therapy doesn't always work is because very often one person is taking the other to try and fix them and not is not willing to, to take responsibility for their own stuff. And so, there'll be this uh, therapeutic dance going on. I think a lot of therapists and counselors find themselves in the position of walking a fine line between being confrontational and appeasing. They need to appease in order to keep the client in the room, but they need to be confrontational in order to help them learn and grow. But why is the couple there? Because they have shut down and are having difficulty confronting difference. So when the therapist or counselor becomes confrontational, it doesn't It just doesn't work. And that's not the therapist or counselor's fault, by the way. It might be that the 46% success rate has something to do with what we bring to the room. And one of the great things about the Unbreakable Husband program is nobody comes to that program unless they want to change. And when they want to change themselves, that's when change happens, right? We can't change the other person. If we go to therapy and try and get them to change the other person and they don't do it, we get pissed and leave. Or if if the therapist addresses our stuff, when we think the other person needs to be fixed, we get pissed and leave. But when we are ready to change, truly ready to change, that's when good stuff happens. Okay, so there is a cycle of withdrawal and pursuit, which is really what we're just talking about. Uh, Emily withdrew emotionally. Jack pursues her. Baby, we got to go to therapy. We got to go to counseling. We got to get this thing going. And I guarantee you, before he did that, Emily was pursuing Jack, right? What was she saying? Hey, you're always at work. I need you to spend time with me. What did Jack say? Babe, I'm just earning more money for the family, right? He had his answer for that. By shutting that conversation down, he put Emily in a position where she either had to pursue further or withdraw. And if your conversation is shut down enough, eventually you're just gonna withdraw. And as trust and security erodes, what are you gonna talk about? As we said before, Even worse, the withdrawing partner starts to become perceived as unreliable or disinterested in the well-being. of Jack thinks, why don't you freaking care about me? What's going on here? Or And Emily probably thought that about Jack in the first place. Yeah, she probably thought, yeah, he says he's going to work for us, but he's off at work feeling all fulfilled and happy, and I'm here all alone in this community where I don't really know anybody. And the impact on self-esteem is tragic. All right, Jack is building up his self-esteem through his accomplishments at work. His self-esteem becomes attached to accomplishment, right? That's a huge black hole, right? The more we accomplish, the more we need to accomplish. You can never accomplish enough to feel good about yourself because the feeling good is coming from an outside source. And Emily, her self-esteem gets hooked onto eventually to texting with Tom, right, who she had an affair with a few episodes ago and was texting before that. She, she gets she needs to have an emotional connection and so she feels better when she's in communication with Tom because Jack's unavailable. And so anytime that we are hooking our self-esteem to another person or to an activity, we are doomed. Self-esteem is an inside job. You know, one of the things we teach the men in the Unbreakable program is how to build up their confidence and self-esteem so that they're no longer dependent on their Emily for that and they're no longer dependent on their job for that. They understand where it comes from. Super important is identifying triggers and causes, right? So why would we want to go outside of ourselves to build up our self-esteem? Where might we learn that? Well, usually that's in our childhood. Most of our triggers and our buttons we installed, modeling them after the triggers and buttons of our parents. And if we don't identify and rewire those triggers, buttons, past traumas, unre- unresolved emotional issues, whatever you want to call them, we can't change. It's as if we're always wearing rose-colored glasses. Alright, I'm going to put some on just for you. It's as if we're, actually these are orange-colored glasses. They're blue blockers. If we're always wearing blue blockers, we don't see blue, right? We need to see all the colors of the spectrum. If we don't see them all, we don't get the whole picture. And so by releasing incomplete hurt or emotion from the past, we once again start to see clearly. And we can do this on our own to some extent. I'll tell you a little secret. I worked with alcoholics and addicts for a number of years and they go through 12 steps but they almost never are successful going through the steps on their own right the steps are written out there's a written description of how to do it but without the help of someone who has done it they tend to be less thorough than when somebody who has done it before them helps them and so even when we are self-helping We usually need the assistance of someone who's experienced this and understands this. And so it could be a professional, it could be the Unbreakable Husband program, it could be a good friend who's been there and who understands the process of releasing and letting go. But you're gonna need some kind of help and support in this endeavor. Going it alone is unwise. I actually speak from personal experience here. And so, I am available to you, reach out to me, direct message me, text me, email me at rich at Go to richinrelationship.com and look at the content there, listen to other podcasts, get as much information as you can so that you can engage in the first steps to release letting go, trigger hacking, so that you are no longer experiencing the consequences of emotional withdrawal. And by the way, little secret, everybody does this at one time or another. In fact, I think we do a dance of withdrawal and coming together, withdrawal and coming together. And the question is, when we come back together, is it two steps forward and one step back? Or is it one step forward and one step back so that we're leading parallel lives? And what would you prefer? Wouldn't you rather be closer to your partner and more intimate and have a deeper sense of safety And have a deeper sense of being cared for and a deeper sense that you are in lockstep with someone who understands you and loves you unconditionally. Wouldn't that be what you really want? Thank you for listening and stay tuned for the next episode when we talk about how miscommunication destroys connection. That'll be next week.